0: Good evening, and welcome to the Cabinet of Fever Dreams. Tonight, a tale of relationships, speeding vehicles, and the greatest burger ever made. My regular customer only wants one thing. Was originally released on May fourth, two thousand and twenty, and is read by Jen Kirk with musical accompaniment by Bibek Abhishek, Kevin McLeod, and Ross Bergen. If you ever find yourself in the golden city of Prague, and you're hungry for a godly burger, make sure to drop by Micropharma on JZP. They're not paying me to say this. I just hold a lot of unrequited love for their burgers in my heart. With that said, order your takeaway, pop open that can of soda, and get ready to indulge.
1: Consider this. A newlywed couple gets into an argument one morning. It starts off as a petty squabble about a clogged up drain, but ends up becoming a guided tour of every single issue that has ever plagued the relationship. Insults are heaved, parental comparisons are made, reoccurring themes are established. When all is said and done, the two parties march off to separate sides of the apartment and quietly seethe. Yet, the anger doesn't last long. As a lazy Sunday morning turns into a lazy Sunday afternoon, the words used in the bloodletting seem overly sharp. They both feel kind of guilty. She sprawled out on the bed with a book, rereading the same paragraph for the seventh time. When he peeks into the bedroom, she pretends to not notice him. He's about to apologize, but he's a bit too proud for that. Instead, he offers an olive branch. Are you hungry? She shrugs. Kinda. I'm going to Pavel's. You want something? Chipotle cheeseburger and a soda? She bats her eyelashes. I love you. He blurts out, surprising himself. Love you, too, she says, going back to her book. It isn't until he's in the elevator that he realizes he didn't have breakfast. His mouth waters with the thought of Pavel's Bistro's Chipotle cheeseburger. The image of his future lunch looms in his mind's eye, a tangible delight hiding just a couple blocks and minutes away from him. By the time he walks out onto the street, the thought of the burger becomes tangible, He can smell the freshly baked bun he can feel the juices from the meat trickle down his chin it's as if the burger is already in his mouth his stomach feels warm and satiated as if it had already accepted the first bite a perfect manifestation of pavel's bistro chipotle cheeseburger exists in the man's head the thought remains in his mind as the man is blindsided by a gray schkoda fabia The taste of the burger lingers in his mouth as he is lifted off his feet and propelled at breakneck speed into the asphalt. The first time his skull connects with the pavement, the taste jumbles into a burnt facsimile of the Chipotle cheeseburger. On a second bounce, the man loses consciousness. On his third, his brains spill across the sidewalk. The more spiritually inclined among you might wonder what happens to this man's essence, to his memories, to his sense of self, his soul, if you will. Will he carry on in some other form? Will the argument of the morning keep him tied to the mortal realm? The question no one asks, the question that truly needs to be answered is the question of what happens to the perfectly manifested thought of the cheeseburger. There was a constant flow of customers in and out of Pavel's Bistro. We were, after all, one of the best burger joints in Prague. Every day, dozens of hungover tourists and picky hipsters and grumpy locals would give me their orders, yet all of their words were just background noise. There was only one customer who would always have my full attention, a single mystery that would keep my mind occupied through the long hours. The Chipotle guy. Early 30s, drab jacket, receding hairline, he didn't look like anything special, but beneath that urban camouflage, there was something eerie. He'd been in the bistro every day at precisely six past one. If there was a line, he would patiently wait. But if you watched him closely, you could see a nervous tap in his foot. It was the same order every day, too. Two Chipotle cheeseburgers and a soda. He refused to hear the specials or recommendations or any attempt at small talk. Just two Chipotle cheeseburgers and a soda. Not a thought to spare for anything else. He'd ordered the food to go, but as soon as his order was finished, he'd take out one of the burgers from the bag and eat it in the restaurant. The moment he was done with his burger, he would get up and leave. Every day, six past one, two Chipotle cheeseburgers and a soda. When I brought up the specter of the Chipotle guy to my coworkers, they laughed. They joked, and when they realized I was serious, they avoided eye contact. I knew there was something impossibly odd about the Chipotle guy. I just couldn't put my finger on it. For weeks, I doubted myself, questioned my own sanity, but my suspicions became certainties during a spring thunderstorm. It was a type of storm that makes you fear a flood. The world outside was condensed into roaring thunder and the occasional splashing of cars passing by. All morning, we managed one sail, a single cup of coffee to a drenched dog walker. He ran and when the storm picked up, ordered a hot drink to dry off, watched the unrelenting downpour for 15 minutes, and then ran back out to take his chances. I watched the clock the whole day, counting down the minutes, gathering all my doubts. Six past one, right on cue. The Chipotle guy was there. He ordered his two burgers, sat down to eat one of them, got up and left. Yet as I saw him walk out of the restaurant, as I traced his path to the table and to his seat, a jittery satisfaction crawled up my spine. The man had not left any tracks. It was pouring outside, yet somehow he was completely dry. I did not have the answer yet, but my doubts had vanished. There was something unearthly going on. I could feel myself inching closer to uncovering the true nature of the Chipotle guy. I knew I had to follow him. My lungs didn't approve, but I negotiated my morning cigarette break to be moved to the early afternoon. The park outside the bistro made for a perfect vantage point. The eccentric vagrants which hung around the benches were harmless, but discomforting enough to ensure that no one spent too much time on eye contact. With my apron off and a little bit of luck, the Chipotle guy wouldn't notice me watching him. The afternoon after the thunderstorm, I lit up and patiently waited for the mystery to unravel. Half past one, he was out of the bistro. The man walked past the benches completely oblivious to my presence. He simply stared straight ahead, his takeout bag dangling in his hand. As he reached the edge of the park, however, the takeout bag slipped from his hand and ended up on one of the benches. It didn't stay there long. Within a blink, one of the transient park dwellers had snatched it up and wrestled through its content with hungry eyes. The Chipotle guy just kept on walking. Letting go of the bag wasn't a slip. The whole affair played out with the smoothness of a daily routine. I got it from my bench and followed the Chipotle guy further. We walked through the maze of Prague for nearly half an hour. We crossed through the well-lit passageways etched into Parisian houses, through the winding gothic streets, through crowds of stag parties looking for Irish pubs. Not a single second did the man slow down. He moved with measured determination, not letting anything get in his way. It wasn't until we reached a quiet residential area that he stopped. The street was completely empty. It was the type of place where drivers would sneak peeks at their texts or readjust GPS directions. The Chipotle guy stopped at a crosswalk took a deep breath, and stepped out onto the crossing. What I saw next obliterated any of my doubts about the unnatural nature of the Chipotle guy. Before the man's foot connected with the crossing, as if he were whisked away by a force foreign to rational thought, he disappeared. After I returned back to Pavel's Bistro, I was chastised for my extended smoke break, yet the yelling of the manager was nothing but a screeching backdrop to my eternal monologue. I knew what I had seen. I was certain of it. Research was in order. I traveled to the forbidden aspects of the internet. I peered into unsecured hyperlinks, inaccessible through all but the most niche of browsers. I scrolled through forums where poor rambling grammar gave way to forbidden secrets. I read other accounts of mysterious customers. My evenings became filled with stories of reoccurring demands for outdated menu items, of strange requests, of desperate beings struggling to find meaning in family-owned businesses. Only after weeks of inquiry was I certain of the true nature of my mysterious customer. Want to smoke? I asked. I wasn't hiding this time. I was right outside the bistro as he walked out. The man looked confused as if he was unaccustomed to being spoken to about anything unrelated to his order. "Uh, No, I don't smoke, he finally said and started to walk away. Why not? I yelled after him, my heart in my throat. It's not like they can kill you. He stopped. What do you mean? His voice was completely void of emotion. You can't die from lung cancer, I said. If you're already dead. The takeout bag rustled in his shaking hand. Something horrid rested behind his beady eyes, a steady burning flame ready to crackle to life at a moment's notice. What do you want? He hissed through his teeth. Details, I said. I want to know how you died. He strode up to me. He smelled just like a burger girl, a burger girl covered in the charred mistakes of yesteryear. I owe you nothing. His tone made me feel unsafe. There was a threatening hollowness to it, an inhuman quality. He stared at me, stoking my dread with his lifeless eyes, and then when I was sure he would snatch me away and take me to some horrible realm, he left. The knowledge that I had instigated some sort of primal eldritch force kept sleep from me that night. My mind filled with thoughts of death, of a shrieking, desperate sentience demanding to walk the world after being rid of its mortal coil. I promised to find myself a new job, one where I would not have to interact with spirits. Yet, before I could fully commit to quitting, I found myself standing at the counter of Pavel's Bistro. Six past one, he walked in. The man made his order, as he always did, and I told him the price. It was as if nothing had changed, as if the previous day was a figment of my imagination. Yet, as he paid me... Our eyes met. The same hollow expression from the day prior lingered on his face. I owe you nothing, he hissed. I nodded. He placed the money on the counter, paying far too much. With the cash he had put down, he could have afforded a dozen Chipotle cheeseburgers. But instead, he simply repeated his order. Keep the change, he said, sitting down on his usual spot. Then he patiently waited for his order, ate his burger, and was out the door by half past one. The scene repeated itself over the coming days. Each time the man would pay for his order, he would buy my silence with some change. The details of the mystique surrounding the Chipotle guy were still foreign to me, but the extra income that he provided was enough to let me be content with not knowing the location or circumstances of his passing. His daily tips slowly bloated into a rainy day fund. If there was ever to be a storm, or lack of work, or injury, Or a mystery that required my full attention, I would be just as dry as the Chipotle guy. We carried on our secret dealings for months. Our exchanges became wordless. I would simply provide his two Chipotle cheeseburgers without asking needless questions, and he would put a dent in my rent. It seemed as if our partnership had reached a perfect equilibrium. But the waters of the Prague burger trade are seldom calm. Prague, being a stone's throw away from Hamburg, takes its burger scene seriously. Each summer there is a burger festival where any restaurant that offers anything even remotely similar to a hamburger is in attendance. Those who fare well at the burger festival are flooded with customers who crave the best of the best. That summer Pavel Bistro's presence was undeniable at the burger fest, and so were the crowds that followed our awards. The owner was beyond ecstatic about our newfound fame. The sight of the lines made him puff up his shoulders and approach the grill with a newfound gusto. The Chipotle guy tolerated the crowds, although his dislike of waiting in line became much more pronounced. His foot tapping became audible. He would break out into coughing fits if the uninitiated customer started taking up my time by asking about the sourcing of our meat. The Chipotle guy knew he couldn't do anything to change the situation. Yet there was another party that disliked our newfound fame. Our competitors. Palms were greased, evidence was fabricated, strings were pulled, and before we knew it, Pavel's Bistro was shut down on health code violations. The shutdown only lasted a week, but any hint of a health code violation is a blow in the restaurant industry. I'm ashamed to say that during my week-long vacation, I did not think about the Chipotle guy. I simply enjoyed sitting around in my pajamas all day, dwelling into the darker parts of the internet, and dining lavishly thanks to my rainy day fund. I thought about how work would be calmer once the crowds left, how I would have more time to explore fantastic concepts in my daydreams at work. At no point did I consider how the Chipotle guy might be handling his hunger for the cheeseburgers. I will never forget what I saw that Monday morning when I returned to work. The ghastly apparition of the Chipotle guy will forever remain embedded in my dreams. The memory of his wild, pleading voice will forever haunt any silence I encounter. The creature that I met that morning was a far cry from my regular customer. He leapt at me. As I walked through the park to get to work, he leapt at me. Chipotle cheeseburger! He screeched. If it was not for his clothes, I would have not recognized him. That drab coat which I had seen day after day was the only thing that was familiar about him. It was the only thing that even suggested humanity. The man's skin had gone a horrid, ashy shade of gray. His pupils had completely dissipated into the milky glow of his eyeballs. His fingers had morphed into sharp black claws, which were digging into my arms. Chipotle cheeseburgers! He screamed. His breath smelled of hot rot. His teeth moved in a possible rows, spreading deep down in his throat. The Chipotle guy's maw promised to be fed one way or another. How many? As many as I can. Chipotle cheeseburger. That horrid flame which shimmered behind his eyes on the day of our confrontation was now in full force. His voice was no longer hollow. It was wild, desperate. It came from a hunger beyond human comprehension. Chipotle cheeseburger. Chipotle cheeseburger. Yes, I I will bring as many as I can. I felt his grip around me loosen. I just need money. I desperately searched for understanding in those bleak eyes. For a second, it seemed like there was none to be found, like the Chipotle guy would tear apart my throat from sheer madness. But after a terrifying eternity, the creature stood up. He fished his wallet out of the coat and handed it to me. As many Chipotle cheeseburgers as can, he hissed. I ran into the bistro and fired up the grill. I returned with a half a dozen burgers that his wallet afforded him. The grey creature jumped upon the food as if he was a rabid animal. The first burger disappeared in mere seconds, the second followed soon after. It was only with the third that the Chipotle guy started taking breaks to breathe. His eyes started to clear with the fourth burger. By the fifth, his color was starting to return. He started to speak as he ate his final Chipotle cheeseburger. Thank you, he said in between bites. I'm sorry if I hurt or scared you. I don't know what this is, what this hunger is. All I know is that every day I wake up with a full wallet and I crave the Chipotle cheeseburger. I I have to have it. Something within me screams for it. It's the only thing in life that makes sense to me. I eat my burger and then... He shoved the rest of the burger in his mouth. I disappear. The Chipotle guy had transformed from a horrifying creature of the dark into my regular aggressively boring daily customer. How did you die? I asked. He shrugged. He didn't know. All he knew was that he needed his daily Chipotle cheeseburger. He needed to smell the freshly baked bun, to feel the juices of the meat trickle down his chin. It was the one truth that drove him. What about the other burger? Why do you leave it behind? He shrugged again. I don't know, he said, I just feel like it's not mine to eat, and with that he got up and left. I saw him again at 6 past 1, but we didn't speak of the morning. We simply went on with our usual arrangement. He ordered his burgers, and I collected an absurd tip. We never spoke of the morning. Our exchanges soon became silent once more. For months we carried on, my burger feeding, a mysterious metaphysical need, and the Chipotle guy's wallet preparing me for a rainy day. Then one day the rain came. The world was struck with the plague. On the 12th of March 2020, the restaurants of Prague closed its doors to business in order to prevent the spread of the infectious disease. A once thriving city of gourmet burgers had to bow its head low to McDonald's deliveries. After months of silence, however, the streets are to fill with good food once more. Pavel's Bistro and other businesses will be able to reopen outdoor seating. The Chipotle guy's money kept me afloat over the rainy months, but the thought of returning to work next week makes me shiver to my core. I saw what one week of being denied his calling caused him to turn into. I cannot imagine what monstrous effects 50 days of deprivation will have. I fear there is no amount of burgers to satiate the Chipotle cheeseburger guy. I fear that his daily order will change.
0: The Cabinet of Fever Dreams is written and produced by Mike Jesus Langer and is brought to you by Patrons such as Moo, Serafina L, Lucky J. Horton, Alan Rall, Kuss, and Bob Kondrick. If you'd like to join these fine people in supporting the show and get early access to episodes along with a bunch of bonus content, drop by patreon.com slash Mike J. Langer. That's it for tonight. See you on Sunday with an ice cream based terror read by yours truly.